It's 5 p.m. You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And on today's episode of The Punch-Out, we've got voter disenfranchisement happening in real time at the Supreme Court of the United States. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and the District of Columbia's communities coming together to stand up to cop terror. And the national security, yes, the NSA and big tech colluding to spy on you. So here we go on today's episode of The (laughs) Punch-Out. Very, very proper and very nice if a winner were declared on November 3rd instead of counting ballots for two weeks, which is totally inappropriate. And I don't believe that that's by our laws. I don't believe that. And that was the voice of President Donald Trump that you just heard stating his position that no ballots that come in after the election, that's mail-in ballots, should be counted and that, in fact, the election will be fraudulent if, indeed, ballots are counted that come into the election office after the day of the election, regardless of when they were postmarked. And that is obviously a huge issue and one that has been rearing its ugly head in some pre-election Supreme Court decisions that we've seen. Now, you may have heard not that long ago, the Supreme Court deadlocked four to four on whether or not to ban Pennsylvania's long-standing policy of counting votes that come in after election day as long as they are postmarked before. Now, yesterday in a five to three decision, the Supreme Court decided that Wisconsin cannot extend its deadline for ballots to be counted by doing the same thing as Pennsylvania. So just recapping here, Pennsylvania seems got under the wire because they had this longstanding policy. Wisconsin didn't have the policy. They were trying to extend it. Supreme Court said, nope, you can't do it. Despite the fact that 22 other states and the District of Columbia, that should be a state, by the way, statehood now, free D.C., 22 other states in D.C. allow this practice, which, of course, makes Total sense. You, the voter, you don't control the mail. So you could obviously send in a ballot with plenty of time and it could still get to the election officials late. Also, there's the fact that how can a vote be invalid that was cast before election day? And on top of all of that, we are in the midst of a pandemic affecting both the mail and the number of people seeking to, for the very first time, mail in a ballot. So it clearly makes sense in the past and in the present and certainly in the future that Having a mail-in ballot postmarked before Election Day that somehow, due to no fault of your own, gets there late, that that ballot should still be counted. The Supreme Court, however, has decided that rather than one clear rule for a national election, wow, that's so crazy, right? That you would have an election that everyone can participate in and there would be one set of rules. That instead of that, that they will uphold a range of totally arbitrary state rules, many of which are explicitly designed explicitly designed to limit the number of valid ballots and to throw out the maximum number of ballots. Justice Brett Kavanaugh wrote a concurring opinion in this Wisconsin case, which showed what can only really be considered a serious inability to grasp even the most elementary of concepts, just stunning for someone who's allegedly well-educated. Justice Kavanaugh stated that he agreed with not allowing obviously legal ballots to be counted in order to, quote, avoid the chaos and suspicions of impropriety that can ensue if thousands of absentee ballots flow in after Election Day and potentially flip the results of 
an election. This makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. It's not like people are waiting until the day after the election and then voting by mail and then sending it in and they're somehow counting it. The ballots were cast legally before the election, postmarked before the election through no fault of the voters own, as I mentioned before, somehow it didn't get there on time. So how on earth is it improper to vote properly? Well, it's not improper. This is totally arbitrary. Kavanaugh also notes that the states want to be able to announce the election results on election night or soon thereafter. Also, completely ridiculous. I mean, just for the record here, we actually never know the final vote count on election night. News agencies just call it based on a certain percentage of uncertified election returns. Now, I'm not saying that the results are, are you know, not real or something, but let's just be clear. It's not as if we actually know who 100% won certified by the election officials on election night. But there's a bigger issue here right now, which is how can you invalidate someone's legal right to vote because the process takes two days longer? It's unbelievable. But hey, look, we all know what's really going on here. There's a conservative majority on the Supreme Court and the entire right wing political movement that these people emerge from is steeped in voter suppression. It bays in racism. It generally sides with property over people and democracy whenever those things are in contradiction. So can we really be surprised that they're siding here with those who want to make sure that legally cast ballots are not counted, especially in critical states? No, we should not be surprised by that. Republicans are now refiling this case in Pennsylvania, hoping that the new Supreme Court that has Amy Coney Barrett on it will rule in their favor and stop the post-election vote counting. I don't even like to call it that. It's not really post-election vote counting. The legal vote counting process in Pennsylvania. So make no mistake about it. Your right to vote has been and is still under assault. You have the opportunity to vote in 2020, but fair warning now, your ballot may not even count. Hmm. Great democracy we got here, huh? White racist cops got my own dad. I'm sorry, man. Because. And black life still matters. Amen. It's good, man. Well, just not a dry eye in the house or anywhere uh, where people were watching the audio you just heard. Those were the children of Walter Wallace Jr. speaking out a few days after their father was murdered by Philadelphia police. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely heartbreaking. You have to say absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, and, and in many ways, both heartbreaking and inspiring that these young kids would come out and continue to fight uh, in, in the wake of such a major tragedy. You almost just don't even know what to say. Spirited demonstrations, of course, continued in Philadelphia last night. Hundreds of people took to the streets demanding justice for Walter Wallace Jr. and all victims of police terror. Anger boiled over in the city for the second night in a row as uprising conditions resulted in some property damage and some goods that were removed from stores. Now, let's put a little context in here, Philadelphia is known as the poorest big city in America. So you're hearing all about the so-called looting on the news, but you aren't hearing that much about the brutal social and economic conditions faced by Philadelphia residents day in and day out, a state of affairs that's brutally, brutally enforced by the Philadelphia police that have one of the worst records for brutality and racism in the country. So, I mean, no wonder that people's anger is starting to boil over here. People are mad as hell at being denied their basic human rights at every single 
single level and to have a political system that just doesn't listen. Now, Trump, of course, is all over everything, denouncing the protest and trying to capitalize on his law and order agenda. But, you know, I don't think people in West Philadelphia expected Trump to represent them. So more to the point here, uh, let's talk about Joe Biden, who, by the way, is trying to also uh, capitalize off of this. Uh, and he's been out here denouncing property damage and so on and so forth. There's no reason for it. And it's disrespecting the memory of Walter Wallace. Well, what's Biden even really proposing to do? If he's saying people shouldn't do what they're doing, maybe he has some solution. His solution, $20 billion more for police departments from the federal government. $20 billion more for police departments from the federal government. That isn't earmarked. They can spend that money however they want to spend it. And not just the $20 billion, Biden has multiple times in this election cycle said, well, why can't the cops just shoot him in the leg? And maybe in some alternate universe, that sounds logical. But think about it like this. Shoot him in the leg. You know what that really means? Shoot to maim. Yeah, no wonder people are fed up in Philadelphia. The District of Columbia, D.C., the nation's capital, shout out to the Chocolate City, also saw unrest last night after the murder of 20-year-old Karan Hilton. And seemingly this was after a police chased him down in their vehicles. They end up killing him. And that's notable because the rules that allegedly the police are following them, although they seem to never follow them, there's multiple cases like this over the past couple of years, their own rules ban cops from engaging in car chases. So they essentially broke their own rules to chase a kid down and murder him. Now, the community in that area gathered at the relevant police station and the crowd started to grow throughout the evening. Uh, people were just very, very outraged here. The, the police officer himself who did it has a long reputation in the community for, uh, uh, you know, brutalizing people and, and doing all sorts of terrible things. Uh, in the midst of this gathering, someone threw a bucket at the window in the police station. Nothing major happened. No one's hurt. Nothing like that. But the window breaks. The police bring out this massive line of riot cops. They're, they're pushing. They're shoving, including Karan Hilton's mother, who is there at the police station demanding answers about the murder of her son. And they're pushing her and they're shoving her. And I want you to hear some of this audio, some of what she was saying here also, along with comments from his father, who was pepper sprayed by the police doing this back and forth. Here's Karan Hilton's parents. You're the man of the building. I'm defending my son, dude. Really? Really, dude? Really, dude? Can we get Captain really? Boyd to come out? My son, did y'all defend my son? You're supposed to be on the front of a building. A fucking building. A building. That's when it's your child, bro. When it's yours. This is what you do. You fight for them. You hear me? Yes. You hear me? So you can hit me all you want to. Tomorrow, tomorrow, we really gonna come out here. And I ain't want it to be that way. Now, the cops use serious force to push demonstrators away from the police station, and they actually closed down a huge stretch of one of D.C.'s most major north-south streets, Georgia Avenue, just to prevent Hilton's friends and neighbors and other concerned community members from gathering, just to prevent them from gathering, to completely whitewash what was happening, by the way. And just like in Philadelphia, D.C. cops are making up plenty of excuses, seeking to shift the blame off themselves, of course, but we know from statistics kept by the city itself, use of force in D.C. is overwhelmingly used against black working class people. And 
Despite having Black Lives Matter painted on the street, the mayor, Muriel Bowser, has been and continues to be one of the strongest backers of militarized policing of any mayor anywhere in the country. She sounds like Trump when she talks about law and order issues. Just go look at, look at it for yourself. Google it. Hilton's neighborhood in D.C., the Kennedy Street neighborhood's ground zero. Ground zero in a massive gentrification effort designed to push people like him and his family out of the neighborhood and make it a playground for the rich. So again, in D.C., just like Philly, no wonder people are upset. At the end of the day, the communities in these cities know it doesn't matter what party is in power. They're going to let the cops kill you and they're going to help them cover it up. (laughs) Miriam Webster, if you're listening... Heads up, I've got a new picture you can use next to hypocrisy in the dictionary. It's a photo of the NSA headquarters. Now, why do I say that? Well, a story in Reuters today details how the National Security Agency has back doors. That's basically a secret way to get into a, a software program and spy on people or manipulate or do whatever you want. That the NSA has back doors into all sorts of software produced by major tech companies that they actually contract with them with via these secret contracts. So, yes... That's right. The United States is basically taking us to the brink of war with China over things like alleged data security issues. While they themselves are engaging in the exact same behavior, rampantly, by the way, and keeping it secret from all the citizens of the United States. Reuters reports that, quote, the NSA has pursued many means for getting inside equipment, sometimes striking commercial deals to induce companies to insert back doors, and in other cases, manipulating standards, namely by setting processes so that companies unknown knowingly adopt software that the NSA experts can break, end quote. So not only are they trying to strong arm you into signing a deal to let them spy on your own customers, if you don't, they'll just set it up so that you unknowingly make it easier for them to get into your software and spy on your own customers. So whether you work with them or whether you don't work with them, the NSA is trying to get into every piece of software, every device you have to be able to look at whatever they want and not to tell you anything about it. Now, this isn't totally new. Ed Snowden revealed some of this with his courageous whistleblowing back in 2013. And after that, the government claimed it was going to clean up its Big Brother Act. Well, they did not. And in fact, despite establishing some new pro forma procedures type of thing that sounds good in a press release. They just went right ahead and kept doing the exact same thing. And in fact, the secret contracts between the NSA and tech companies are totally outside of any official review process. They're secret. No one reviews them. So just to recap here again, the NSA is striking secret deals with an unknown but clearly significant number of companies to allow them to spy on you without anyone knowing anything about it and without any safeguards really of any sort at all. Now, this is also notable because backdoors are often found and used by all sorts of people to do all sorts of things. So, in fact, not only are they doing everything possible to be able to spy on every communication you make and not tell you anything about it, they're also making it a lot easier to have your identity stolen or to get your bank account broken into or basically anything secret that you're keeping on your computer or your phone or any other device that someone can manipulate for their own gain. And again, There is no formal review process. I mean, I don't know if it would make a difference if there was, but it just says everything, quite frankly, that you're not even trying to review the ethics of something widely considered to be unethical. Do as I say, not as I do. 
That seems to be the U.S. motto when it comes to using fake claims of data security to destroy the ability of countries like China to develop a tech industry while literally doing exactly what they claim is totally evil. And of course, as I just keep putting out here, they're lying to you about everything that they are doing. I mean, gotta ask again, right? Real great democracy, huh? Voter suppression and secret spying galore. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom.